Welcome to Hey Julia Woods podcast. I'm your host, Julia Woods, founder of Beautiful Outcome, a coaching company focused on helping couples learn to see and understand each other, even in the most difficult conversations. On my podcast, I will share with you the real and raw of the messiness and amazingness of marriage. I'll share with you aspects of my relationship and the couples I coach in a way that you can see yourself and find the tools that you need to build the marriage you long for. Hi, and welcome to this episode. I'm so excited to have uh, my favorite guest, which is my husband, Jeff. We are here today, and we're going to talk about the five reasons our marriage failed and the lessons that you can learn from our mistakes. Thanks for being here, hon. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. No one goes into marriage expecting it to fall apart. Yet 20 years into our marriage, we separated because the pain between us was too high to stay together. What we have learned since then is the five reasons that happened. And we're excited to share them with you, not because we're proud of them uh, by any means, but because we want to offer Um, what we've learned so that you don't have to make those same mistakes and suffer the way that we did. So jump into the first of the five things we now see contributed to our marriage falling apart. The first one was avoiding personal responsibility. Now, personal responsibility is focusing solely on your contributions to how things are turning out. In a relationship, both parties are always contributing to how things are turning out. You each have your beliefs, thoughts, attitudes, tones, reactions, and responses in every interaction you have. And what you choose impacts how things turn out. Taking personal responsibility means you take 100% responsibility for your contributions, even if your contributions is only 5% of what's producing the current results. And for years in our marriage, we both took almost zero personal responsibility. Instead, we spent our time focusing on the other person's responsibilities. And most conflicts were spent pointing out what the other person did that we thought they shouldn't have done. This was at the heart of destroying our marriage. Will you share some of what that looked like for you, how you, how you didn't take personal responsibility? Yeah, I, for me, it was really just, um, you know, I just went along. I went along with what you wanted and didn't ask questions. Uh I definitely did not have responsibility or self-responsibility and personal responsibility for having a voice. Um, I made up my voice wasn't wasn't wanted or needed, and I just let you lead everything. Um, It helped me get honest uh, that I have a villain in me who wants to come to the party first. And and that villain is always one that's in a constant state of judging and judgment. So once you realized you had a villain then it helped you start taking personal responsibility. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because I was able to I was able to recognize the villain. I, I became, well, I became more in tune with my dark side a bit more. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, I don't think either one of you. Either, yeah. We both <laughs> wanted to see the dark, the villain in the other person, but neither of us really, you know, had enough maturity to look at it in ourself. And once we 
started doing that, then it began to change everything. So lack of personal responsibility for me looked like, you know, I longed for you to partner with me in life. And, but I didn't take responsibility to actually communicate what I wanted in a way you could hear or understand. I just kind of communicated it more as a complaint rather than, you know, a request or negotiating with you. I didn't, I didn't choose to get your buy-in on things. I just didn't think you would do things. So instead I just demanded and, you know, complained about what you didn't do. And, you know, that was all a part of the second thing we recognize brought our marriage to fall apart, which was blaming each other. And as humans, when something doesn't go the way we want it to go, our instinct is to look for someone or something to blame. And when you're in a marriage, your spouse is the easiest candidate. And, you know, I was sure you were the problem and you were sure I was the problem. Your favorite thing to blame me for was being controlling, which I was. Um, and yet, you know, blame doesn't doesn't help anything. And, you know, I blamed you for your lack of willingness to work on the marriage, which which it was <laughs> you didn't want to work on the marriage. But again, we were trying to communicate and get responses from each other through blame. And as long as we were blaming each other, we weren't looking at ourselves and what we were contributing to what wasn't working in our marriage. The more we blamed each other, the more we re resented each other. And over time, it was really difficult to see the best in each other because all we had magnified was the worst in each other. Can you share more about <laughs> what it looked like for you? Well, as one who hates to play games, um, yeah, she board games, you name it. Um, I'm, I'm really good at the blame game. Um, blaming you for, for wanting control of everything, you know, the, the, the lack of sex. Um, and I would just completely constantly just make up judgments, uh, in my head about you. I blamed you for the things that didn't go right with the kids, uh, in certain situations. If something didn't go right in life, I, I didn't look at my part. I tend to kind of I looked at yours first and became aloof to how I could have taken any responsibility for the chaos or the disaster or the, um, the stress in the moment. Um, I chose not to see how selfish I was being and I wasn't willing to look at your point of view or more importantly, not even ask questions about your point of view. And what changed for you? Like what helped you shift out of blaming me? Um, I think I began to really, you know, ask questions more and began to just understand what was coming up for you and, you know, learn through a different filter um, of hearing things through a different filter than just assuming and blaming Yeah, and finger pointing, you know? Yeah. And for me, you know, blaming was about focusing on everything you weren't doing. You weren't helping. You weren't being romantic. You weren't, you know, pursuing me. It was on and on. I focused on what you weren't doing. And as long as I blamed you, I couldn't see how much my approach in the communication was contributing. And what really changed for me was a couple things. But realize the first, the biggest one was realizing that blame is a victim mindset. In a victim mindset, you look for someone or something to blame. And as long as you see yourself as the victim, you don't actually, you're not trying to change anything. You actually want to stay a victim. 
And so shifting to a responsibility mindset, which we talked about in the number one choice, which was, you know, looking at what I contributed, even if it was only 5%. And it was shocking how much more empowering it was to, to think from a responsibility mindset than in a victim mindset. I felt quite powerless. But all of this blaming blocked us from curious conversations and the ability to form a partnership. And that really took us to the third thing that we were doing, the third mistake we were making that that ultimately brought our marriage to fail. And that was avoiding reconciling conversations um, or reconciling conflict. When conflicts or disagreements came up, my go-to was emotional outbursts like crying and yelling. And your go-to was shutting down or refusing to talk. And this is how conflicts would end. I would storm out of the room or you would shut down and we would go our separate ways to quote unquote, cool off. But hours, days, and sometimes even weeks would go by without us talking to each other about the upset. And, um, you know, we would just talk about what we needed to discuss to get through the day's activities. And because you and I both love uh, physical touch, um, eventually one of us would reach out and touch the other. And we would, again, quote unquote, reconnect. And that meant we would either completely ignore ever talking about the initial upset or briefly discuss the conflict and, you know, think we had reconciled. But over time, the unreconciled conflict was building up and destroying uh, our marriage. So can you talk more about what that looked like for you? Yeah, well, shutting down for sure was my go to, Um, you know, it is a Shutting down is, is a, to me, is a form of a victim mindset as well. And I would just go to shame and I would avoid the conversation. And like you said, we talked, maybe would go on for weeks. It wasn't like as if you and I weren't talking. We just weren't talking about that conversation that uh, caused that tension. So there would kind of always be that elephant in the room, um, so to speak. And I would become kind of a petty tyrant and make you or the kids or you know, and with um, walk on eggshells. And, um, you know, just kind of really make people uncomfortable, um, not being themselves. What, what for me, what was needed or what changed in this process was for me just to stay in it, um, ask more questions. Um, and then I think what, what I've learned even now as I'm still learning is, is have, taking value in the feedback. Um, sometimes you don't like to hear feedback um, or negative feedback. Um, but let's listen to the feedback and just be okay with what your experience of me was or the situation really. Yeah. So when you say stay in it, like your go-to was shut down. So what did staying in it look like when you wanted to shut down or? Well, I think for me, it was, it was an opportunity to say, hey, listen, can we come back to this at a Pacific time, a Pacific point, a Pacific place, um, and not let it go um, unsettled? Um, and staying in it was like I was in a, in a constant state of thinking about how I was showing up in that moment and who was I committed to cause and who was I committed to be as a father and a husband. Um and not, you know, my way of bringing, my way of being brought up was you kind of just run 
from your problems and your mistakes. And I was committed to hold fast. And, you know, if I needed to take a break and get away, we, we both had grace on that. And we kind of had a, a time that we would commit to coming back to and having that conversation, which I found to be a lot easier the second time around having the conversation it was a little less heated, a little less, um, you know, that you, you, you all know we have those conversations or those conflicts where they're pretty heated. Kind of gave us time to cool off and think more rationally. Yeah, because for me, when you would shut down, that felt like abandonment. And so I would just keep pressing and pressing, and then you would shut down even more. But when you started letting me know that you just needed a break and you would come back, then that didn't feel like abandonment anymore. That felt like commitment to the relationship, and that made a huge difference. (laughs) So. Uh, For me, what not reconciling conversation looked like is I would ruminate about how hurt I was by the things that you had said and how, you know, I just felt like you didn't care about me or appreciate me. And I would, in my mind, I would run over and over and over how selfish and uncaring I thought you were. So I was, you know, I was spending a lot of time ruminating on pretty ugly thoughts. And that built up walls in my heart and grew bitterness and resentment. Um, You know, and the truth is, is the whole time I was focused on you, I wasn't looking at how mean or selfish I was being, or asking you to forgive me for my parts. And now when conflict arises, we use what you said, where we tend to pause and each of us step away to look at what we're contributing. And this helps us so much in actually resolving conflict. And it's shocking that conflict can actually connect us. We never thought that was possible. Um, But that takes us to the fourth way, fourth reason that our marriage fell apart. And it is that we weren't prioritizing each other. And, you know, life gets really busy with growing careers and raising kids and pursuing you know, status that we don't like to admit that we do. And, you know, school and church programs and socializing, it just filled our days and weeks so full that time for resolving conflict or pursuing friendship or connection with each other, it's become super easy to avoid. And for you and I, we let growing our business and raising our four kids be an excuse not to pursue each other. And truth was, it was a whole lot easier to stay, quote unquote, busy than to face the growing bitterness and resentment between us. Because any time that we had where there wasn't something filling it, one of the tensions would pop up and we'd turn into an argument. So our time together was spent telling the other, you know, what they should or shouldn't do. And we didn't respect each other's desires or partner with one another in raising our children or growing a business in the ways that we recognize now are were and are available. And we didn't let ourselves actually need each other. So avoiding each other became pretty easy. How would you say that showed up for you? Well, <clears throat> prioritizing myself has always been kind of easy because I'm an only child. So um, I didn't ask or didn't even think to ask what you needed um, or think about how I could serve you and the kids. I kind of thought about myself first. I was the center of my own universe um, in my mind. I, 
I left you to really do the heavy lifting when it came to like organizing date nights um, and things of that nature. What what began to change for me was um, I began practicing some practicing gratitude, which brought us brought me to a, a weight of surrendering and surrendering this term isn't a weakness. It was just allowing me to kind of just be selfless and um, it softened my way of being so that I could, I could see my inabilities and be able to see others and be present with them. Um, you know, begin to really ask, you know, I used to be able to be the one that kind of hogged the conversation and made it about me. And I began to ask questions of others and find out more about them, about you, um, asking how your day went and so forth. That's still a constant, um, you know, we see each other every day now, but back then we did with our business, it was just so much easier to, to, to keep busy and to make everything kind of, um, the most important situation. Yeah. And for me, not prioritizing you was, uh, you know, when we had a date night, I would think, you know, I would think about the date night and get excited about it coming up. And as soon as I started getting excited, I would remember the disconnection that I felt between us. And so I thought it would be important to resolve the disconnection so that we could actually connect on the date night. Um, But, you know, as soon as the date night started, we were in the car driving to the restaurant or wherever we were going, I would bring up the unresolved conflict, which would turn into a fight. And, you know, before we even got to the restaurant, we didn't want to go into the restaurant. And that happened over and over that date nights were ending in fights because I felt like we couldn't connect on the date night until we resolved the conflict. But what I began to realize is that conflict is meant for growth. When that shifted, that belief shifted that like conflict is bad and it, it means you're disconnected to conflict is good. And it means growth is inviting you. Then tension became a normal part of life. And I started learning that if tension arose, I could put a pin in the tension and I could let you know that, hey, you know, what happened this morning? I'm still wrestling with that. I'm still working through it. I'd like to be able to talk about it. Can we enjoy the date night tonight and meet tomorrow morning at nine o'clock to talk about it? That began to change everything because then when we would get together the next morning and talk about it, we were much more connected because we'd had fun and enjoyed each other the night before And it was like there was, you know, a cushion of uh, connection and love that made it much easier to work through the conflict. So that made a huge difference for me. And that brings us to the final reason that we're sharing in this episode uh, about what we recognized caused our marriage to fall apart. And that is we took our marriage for granted and we didn't realize that the connection between uh, two people is a delicate, it's delicate and it's rare and it can easily be broken or damaged. And when you, when we took the fragility of this connection for granted, we didn't even notice that we were damaging it or that it was, you know, getting severed. 
we took our marriage for granted and we would have a fight about something and stay mad at each other for days because we assumed that once, you know, once the silence was broken, the connection would be right back where it was. And our naivety cost us greatly because each time we stayed in silence and stonewalled and shut down, the disconnection between us was growing and it wasn't ever going back to what it had been before. So each time the disconnection grew a little bit more and we weren't recognizing that each conflict was damaging our connection and we weren't repairing that damage. We were taking each other's love and our connection for granted. What what was that like for you? Yeah, I didn't I didn't emphasize being intentional and being intentional, having intentional time with you enough. Um, and it became, you know, more or less this two ships passing in the night and that lack of connection, um, you know, uh, and lack of intimacy gave, gave the bitterness and resentment kind of some fertile ground to grow. And, um, what changed in all that at least is that we, uh, Started, I started finding things we both enjoyed and we found things that we both enjoyed um, that could be, you know, fun for us. So sundown, which is, you know, wine charcuterie at the end of the day, sitting in front of a fire pit or, uh, you know, at our old home, we had an outdoor bedroom that was just fun to hang out and started, you know, and I started working on myself and being more intentional with who I and how I, who I was and how I was showing up in life. And that it created awareness for me of, what I didn't know, I didn't even know. And that began to open up a lot of curiosity for me. Yeah. And for me, I recognized that I thought, you know, the wedding rings on our fingers and our marriage vows was what would always keep us connected. And I didn't let myself really think about the delicacy of connecting and how it was ever so slowly declining. You know, each anniversary was tough for me, but I just chose to focus on the new life experiences that we had had that year, like, you know, having another baby or a great vacation or some new business success that we had cre- had created define our love. And I tried not to think about how many more conflicts we had left unresolved that year. And over time, that unresolved conflicts broke our connection and eventually led to the beginning of an affair. And it shocked both of us awake and we separated. And during that separation, you know, we didn't know if the marriage was going to work or not, but we knew that we were forever going to be parenting our children together and we wanted to heal. And so each of us focused solely on personal responsibility by focusing on our contributions to how the marriage had gotten to the broken state that it was. And it was significant because we we showed up so different. We didn't blame each other. Instead, we asked questions and learned about what brought each of us to do the things that we had done. And any conflict or tension that arose, we worked to stay in it, to learn and grow. And at this season now, we end each conversation by talking about what each of us is, you know, taking away from the conversation that we had, what it is that we're going to think about between now and the next conversation, and what is one action step that we're taking out of the conversation. And that really makes conversations really productive and proactive. 
And as we healed, we prioritized daily time to connect. And, you know, all of a sudden, the busyness of life no longer seemed as important as staying connected and growing a marriage worth having. We deeply understand how fragile our connection is. And, you know, we start, we've created weekly rhythms of connecting. And this allows us to work through conflicts when things are small. And when we are feeling connected, it's so much easier to work through conflicts. So, yeah, I think we've, you know, something that you've created has been that, you know, 100 prompts and ideas for connection. I think we have those. We are intentional by having a chat time and a play time each week. And it doesn't always happen. I'm not going to sit here and say it happens every week. But for the most part, we try to really get intentional conversations in and have uh, a chance to play. And I think um, some of those ideas have have shown themselves in the last few years. And we'll put that link in the description underneath this episode so you can grab that hundred deeper connection prompts and ideas. Um, But, you know, the separation when our marriage fell apart, it was 12 years ago and each year. Um, we keep working at growing stronger and deeper in love and better at partnership and growing connection. And I am very grateful. Yeah, me too. So as you hear the five reasons our marriage fall apart, I want to invite you to consider if you see any of these in your marriage. And the first step to creating something new is acknowledging you know, that there's things in your marriage that you don't want to be the way they are. And I would invite you to take a minute and write down what you recognize you don't want in your marriage and what you're contributing to it. Because once you realize what you're contributing, you can shift and start contributing in ways that will take you towards what you do want. I hope this has been helpful for you. Thank you for being here with me, Jeff. Yep. And um, thank you for tuning in. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. And as always, stay curious.